When I was younger, I wanted to be a structural engineer, and now I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an architect. Hi, I'm Ben Hanani. Welcome to How Do You Do, a podcast featuring creative guests sharing the nuances of their process. Just a quick reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts is the most helpful thing you can do for the podcast. Today, I'm joined by my good friend, Joseph Cohen. Joseph is a Los Angeles native interested in all things aesthetic, but when he is not designing, he loves getting himself lost in new places and is a legitimate television enthusiast. He has other interests within the design world through experience with landscaping, article writing, book editing, graphic identity, and teaching. He graduated from the University of Southern California with a degree of Bachelor of Architecture in 2015. In 2019, he became a licensed architect in California and is a member of the American Institute of Architects. He is currently working as a job captain for a small firm in West LA, handling a variety of custom projects. Welcome to the pod, Joko. Thank you so much. How do you do? I'm doing What's well. Up? How are you? I'm pretty good. good. I'm pretty excited. This is pretty cool. Good. First podcast, right? My first podcast. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're going to dive in with our current curiosity. All right. Mine is related to architecture. We've actually been texting a little bit about this before. Yes. I recently went on a tour of the Stahl House. And for those that aren't familiar, it's one of the 22, there are 22 case, 22. 22 case study homes, which were a series of experimental homes that architects put together for a magazine. I forget the exact magazine, but really cool homes from like the 20th century. And the Stahl House is kind of the most famous one, I think, of all I of them. So. Yeah. yeah. The consensus is that's kind of, kind of the most famous it's of all 22. Favorite. Fan favorite for sure. And it's... For those that aren't familiar with it, it has it's been in many movies. I know it was in Galaxy Quest, among others, but every room in the home has a view. And from the if you're in the home, you have a 270 degree view of the city of Los Angeles, which is really special. And I took an afternoon tour, but they do tours at night, which are also mm-hmm. look really cool. And I'm not usually the kind of person who pays thirty five dollars to tour a house. I'm with you, honestly. Honestly, like that's not, I would not, that's not that. my cup of tea usually, <laughs> but the photos of this house looked incredible. Right. And I just thought, I just let me give it a shot. It's 35 bucks. If right. it sucks, it was 35 bucks I lost. And if it's great, it's awesome. So I went with my friend and we were just mesmerized. The rooms are um, walled by glass. So you can, it's very transparent. You can look through a room and see like a whole fraction of the city of LA, which is really special. And they've done a good job where even the furniture in the home, it's not just random furniture. They they make it so it's all put together. It was just so cool. And it, it really got me interested in architecture, especially all the other cool case study homes in LA. And then I was texting you and you told me about all these other homes like the Eames house and all these other homes I can check out. The Sheets Goldstein residence is like the next one that I really want to see. That's a good one, honestly. You should go. Yeah. The tours of that are less frequent than the Stahl House. So I, I have to keep my eye out for when yes. they next offer a tour. But you saw that one, right? When you were at SC? The Sheets Goldstein House. Yeah. Yes. Got to meet the owner too, Mr. Goldstein. Yeah. Was what was cool. that like? He's uh, he's a pretty funny character. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a really cool house, I have to say. Um, didn't get to go to the Stahl House. Yeah. But it's a funny story. So there's... So there's a famous photo of the stall house. I think I the Julius Shulman it. one, yes. right? Yeah. And it's, is it the night one where the night like, one, yeah. you see the two models, they're kind of sitting down and yeah. you see that little like nice modern uh, chandelier and yeah. it's like 
overlooking LA. Yeah. There's a very famous photo that he took and everyone in LA has some, at some point seen this photo. And so that's funny you say that because the photographer actually talked to the architect who was Pierre Koenig. Yeah. And Julius Schulman had this kind of like battle. He was like, well, I made your house famous. So, you know, if it wasn't for me, your house wouldn't be famous. But the architect says, well, I built the house and you took the photo. So who's, you know what I mean? I'm more responsible for this. So it was a really funny. That's interesting. I want to, I'll ask you about that later. The synergy between the photography of a home and the architecture itself. It's, it was fascinating just being on that tour and hearing about the history of that home. So really, I don't know if you're familiar with the history at all, but the owner, the original owner was basically like going for a walk or something, stumbled upon this plot of land, which at the time had nothing on it. Somebody owned the plot of land and he walked up to the owner who happened to be there. The guy lived in San Diego, but happened to be there and just had a two hour conversation with him. And by the end had purchased the, the plot land? of land. Wow. And then okay. saved up money, I think over years. I, I don't know if it, how many years exactly, but saved up money over years and made the house. And it's, it's so cool. Like he... When he had a very specific design, he had a very specific vision in mind, and the architect Pierre Koenig, Koenig. Pierre Koenig, was up for it. A lot of apparently, a lot of the other architects yeah. w- said it wasn't feasible or whatnot, but it's Pierre Koenig steep. was steep. was game for the challenge. Yeah, I would say, yeah, yeah. So the stall house that is my current curiosity. It got me really interested in architecture, especially in the city of LA. It's a great specimen of LA architecture, I yeah. would say. To be honest, I'm jealous you got there. You'll, I mean, so you, you can see in. it. I know. The, the thing <laughs> is, you have to buy tickets months in advance. They, but what you can do oh, is really they're booked up. They get booked up fast, but you can um, you can get a refund up to a week in advance. Okay. So put it on your calendar, and if day. something comes up, you can within a, yeah. a week, at least a week's notice, you can get money back. I told you I took this class where I got to visit so many yeah. famous homes in LA, and my teacher had the hookup. Like he would just get us into all of these famous homes, but for yeah. some reason the stall house was closed, so we went to like his second famous house, which is like kind of in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah. Still pretty cool. It's called the Bailey house. If yeah. anyone wants to go check it out, it's still yeah. pretty cool, but stall house. I'm, it's the one that I'd never made it out to yet. Yeah. <laughs> for those, of, for those listening who aren't sure if it's their thing, I highly recommend it. And if you're not sure, do the, one of the day tours, which are 35 bucks for the hour, as opposed to a night tour, which is 50. Mm. It's a little steeper, especially if you're going with someone. But highly encourage it, even if you don't think it's your cup of tea, just go. You won't regret yeah, it. Definitely cool. So that's my current curiosity. What about you? So mine is a concept, not architecture related, because I thought we were going to talk about architecture way too much sure. <laughs> for the yeah. next hour or two. So, uh, And it's really funny. So what I was thinking about is uh, I was on Reddit. And first of all, somebody said... You know, I, I was on that page, Shower Thoughts. I don't know if okay. you've heard of it. No, I haven't. Well, it's what people submit, what they think about in the shower, like, you know, some mind-blowing concept. And so sure. somebody commented like, hey, ever think about how like a Roomba forces you to clean your room because you have to clean it or else it's not going to clean. You know what I mean? Like the other things are going to get in the way. And that's sort of, and what I was thinking is that's like the modern way of you having to clean for your housekeeper before they come like i'm sure your mom was like hey you need to clean your room yeah yeah housekeeper's coming and funny funnily enough as i was coming upstairs to see you ben i got a text yeah saying tomorrow 8 a.m the housekeeper is coming please give your special items and money to dad you know to hide it of course because we don't we still don't trust the housekeeper and clean your room for the housekeeper. Yeah. So I thought that was hilarious. Like clean up reason. before the person <laughs> clean up, coming like, to clean, clean up the floor yeah. before the housekeeper comes in. I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah. That's funny. So 
yeah that that uh it's funny like my dad has a joke where it's like um every time like he'll lose something after <laughs> something will be <laughs> placed in a different place than he oh, remembered housekeeper got it and uh, <laughs> and uh no he doesn't think it's lost he just thinks like oh great like now i have no idea where it is i knew where it was oh, this morning oh, and oh. i don't know where it is all right but no our you know what it the, is the, the, it's organized yeah, chaos no, the, yeah organized you know chaos exactly. exactly but that's pretty I funny. W- we were lucky enough in my family we've had the same person coming by ever since I was born. And yeah. she's like a member of our family. She came to That's my awesome. bar mitzvah. Like, Oh wow. Yeah. 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 She's Carmen is the best. So Carmen. shout, shout, out, shout, out, shout to out to Carmen. Carmen. Shout out to Carmen. <laughs> yeah. She really looked after us. So I will dive into the questions now that we have our All current right. curiosities done. I'm curious because my cousin, I have a little cousin who was studying architecture. He was studying at Beverly High, where, which we both went to. You studied, mm-hmm. did you, you took architecture classes at Beverly, right? I did. I took Kay. architecture as an elective. Yeah, so so did he. And then he got interested in architecture, mm-hmm. was going to study it in college, got to college, and started taking courses. And he actually found it to be very different than what he studied and what he thought it would be. Right. So can you can you <laughs> tell us a little bit about like maybe what what you do that is outside of the Google definition of architect or what other people might think an architect is. Because I think we all have this idea of an architect as someone who designs structures. But that's such a broad definition. I was wondering if you could give us more specifics. Sure. I mean, well, architecture school in and of itself is like a whole different beast. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. Did your cousin, your cousin left it, right? Yeah. He, he said, decided yeah. he wants to, he'd rather focus on business. Right. It's, well, architecture school is not... Okay, let's t- t- take a step back. So sure. in high school, they kind of introduced you to drafting, like more yeah. traditional, like actual building a house. Like my project was here, you know, one semester you're drafting plans for a vacation house near Lakeside. Sure. And then the second semester you make a model in the woodshop. And drafting, for those that aren't familiar, that just means like the blueprint, drawing blueprint, the blueprint. Right. That's the old way of calling it. But yeah, plans on a piece of paper with with a mechanical pencil and, yeah. and T-square and all that. Um, when you get to architecture school, it's kind of a shock for a lot of people that it's not realistic. It's very out there. Um, yeah, I think that's what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, it's very broad and conceptual. It's supposed to bring out the creative juices in you and they kind of try to shake out the conventional, uh, design ideals out of you. Like if you can't make something symmetrical, like you don't design a house in architecture school, you don't design a, you know what I mean? Like if I designed a, a symmetrical box, like that's an F like yeah. I, you can't, it's very abstract, especially the first year. Yeah. And that's when a lot of people drop out. And then eventually after like third, fourth, I did a five year degree just to be yeah. clear. So by the time you get to your third, fourth year, they introduce one or two semesters of realistic design courses where your projects are like, Hey, okay, now we're going to learn about apartment buildings. So let's design a, or a school. And we actually did like a more realistic school. So it's not then, until year three where you're getting into more practical concepts. Yeah. I mean, it's wow. very theoretical. Like there's no doors and windows, quote unquote, there's just openings. You know what I mean? There's no, it's, it's a structure. It's not a house. It's right. not a, it's very out there. Sure. Um, schools definitely vary between how theoretical they go and, I'm really happy the school I went to, USC, was a very in the middle middle of the road uh, kind of school where uh, you d- we did most more realistic type of buildings, but gravity still exists. Uh, you just 
pretend like your client has a lot of money and you just design a structure, whereas a lot of other schools are kind of very theoretical and like it's almost like you're in art school and like yeah. you're designing in space, which is fine. It's just a different school of thought, literally a different school of thought. Right. Like that's what it is. <laughs> it's very, it's different. So, and then I think to answer your question about what else an architect does, I mean, we do draw plans and, and think about space, but I think, um, you know, an architect is an architect assists in the planning of sites. It's called the yeah. planning of sites and the coordination of drawings for the, uh, for a space and for a building. And we can do a lot of different things from exteriors to interiors, we call them, or, you know, even site planning An architect can do urban planning a little bit. Um, so you can range from, you know, how detailed you want to be. You can be an architect who only does like details for like a facade of like a skyscraper you know what i wow. mean in downtown or you could do a, a house or you could do you kind of pick the trajectory of what kind of work you want to do interesting so. okay so you as an architect you have to collaborate with other people you have to collaborate with engineers you have to collaborate with landscape designers can you tell me about that process of taking what you draft and making it a reality and the people you have to work with in that process sure so an architect is kind of like the conductor is like what we like to say. We know how to play the instruments barely, but we're not the professionals in those instruments. Right. But we just understand how they work. So, you know, will an architect doing a A to Z building will normally design the building with some understanding of structure or program. What we call program is like the layout of spaces that the client wants. So if it's a house or if it's a library or whatever, um, we have to have a certain knowledge of what they want to do with landscape, interior design, you know, some basics. And we kind of lay it out. And once the client approves it after a series of meetings called the design drawing phase, we move to the CD phase, construction documents. And that's sort of when uh, we bring, we sign on with consultants, so, right? So a structural engineer or a mechanical engineer or landscape designer or fill in the blank. We'll take it over. We'll literally take our plans. We send them the, nowadays we send them an e-transmit, but back then you would send a, your blueprints to them. And then they, they will overlay, literally they'll start overlaying on it. Okay, well, this is where the pipes are going or this is where the structure is going. And you kind of have a back and forth. Like they'll tell us, hey, uh, this room is kind of big. Uh, do you want to put a column in it? Do you want to, I'm exaggerating, but like, no. Sure, yeah. Do you want to put a column in it? Do you want to make the ceilings thicker to make up for it? Like, what do you want to do? Because... Otherwise, this isn't going to work. So there's kind of um, a back and forth that the architect has to have with uh, the consultants. So, yeah, in a sense, we kind of have to know what uh, they're doing. And it's a back and forth. And obviously, if there's any material changes, we take it back to the client for revision. But, uh, yeah, it's a definitely a collaborative process. You have to be a people's, people person and understand how they work, how each of the different fields work to make a building happen. So you said the first phase is the design drawing process, correct? And that's that's based on your work with the client. Schematic design and then design drawing, sure. yeah. Schematics is Sch before schematics that. Schematics is yeah. before. So schematics is happening after the client approaches you, correct? Right. Okay, so the client comes to you and let's just stop there. How do you get clients? Is your firm well-known enough where you have a lot of incoming calls or are you pitching to people or is it a bit of both? Interesting. So I think at first when a firm grows, obviously you have to pitch it to everybody. Um, 
and you kind of start getting repeat clients. We have we do a lot of projects in LA, like the West Side. So right, we do a lot of homes, and so a lot of people see our signs. And I think lately that's been a lot of like, hey, I saw your house in you know, two hundred and twenty third Street or whatever in Santa Monica. Hey, yeah. I'd love to have you. You know, maybe for listeners, mine. there's no two hundred twenty third Street <laughs> in Santa Monica. That's a made up street <laughs> for privacy reasons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So people will just you know see our projects. I think that's the best way to get a client because they've already seen your work and they're like, hey, I like your style. I want you to do it. You know, sometimes we'll promote or you know we do networking or. Uh, you know, people will find us on, you know, Google sometimes and flip through our website. That's why I think it's really good to have a, if you're a designer, you should for sure have a website with your portfolio. Yeah. I have my own personal printed portfolio in front of Ben, but yeah, should, we're going to flip I, through it. Yeah. <laughs> I should really have a website, but uh, otherwise I rely on my office's website, which I handle. Uh, and it's really important to have like a really good website, I've realized, because how else are people going to find you? Right. I judge people based on their website design. Like if I go on, anyways, not to get off on a no, that makes tangent, sense. But it's about presentation, and that's part of the presentation. Totally. Like I've been on other architecture firm websites or architects' websites, and I'm like, okay, I just stepped back into like the 1990s. This yeah. is really weird. Like, please update your website. And these are like good buildings. Like I'm, yeah, I'm like, if you updated your website, it, you would seem more professional to me. Whereas, yeah. you know, our, our website, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, makes us look good. But yeah, people find us from word of mouth. That's the best. And also just Google. I wonder, has Instagram kind of come into play in architecture in a big way? Yeah. Because you, you mentioned websites, <laughs> but I wonder also if people are discovering firms and architects through Instagram. I know I am. Like I follow architecture. Oh, really? Digest. And uh, and I I've in this rabbit hole of like oh, whenever yeah. they post a home like they just posted this home of the guy who started calvin klein apparently he's like santa barbara home or something mr klein or his name's not it's not <laughs> last name klein but or maybe it's like the current ceo okay. or somebody some calvin klein person <laughs> who has a beautiful home in santa barbara and really? they they posted about it and they posted they tagged the architecture firm they tagged the interior designer and everything and so i've just that same process I've been finding architecture firms and it's very cool. And I'm not an architect obviously, but I can appreciate good design. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll, I'll send you a bunch more Instagrams if you're interested. Yeah. I have like five more. I can what are the you. big ones that you uh, follow? Every you know. architect goes on arc daily, okay. A R C H D A I L Y. Please sponsor Mr. <laughs> ben Hanani's podcast. Yeah. They're, they're a big deal. Uh, I worked for uh, Evolo magazine and I wrote online articles when I was in school. My shout out, my teacher was uh, was the editor of that magazine. Um, what else? Dwell magazine is a big one. We in the office look at Dwell all the time. We'll look at the cover photo and be like, all right, uh, conversation pit. Yes or no. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. We'll look at that and be like, all right, what's trending? What's not? So trends are definitely a big deal in architecture. I think my firm, just because naturally my principles my principal means my boss yeah and his wife who's also my boss they're older so naturally they're not as good as instagram as we are in yeah, our sure. 20s um we have an instagram but it's like getting there we're trying to push it um but i think obviously the people with money are older i feel like so yeah. naturally our clients find us on facebook where you know if we post it on facebook or if people see it on our website or if they you know what signs traditionally like driving by 
Yeah, that still, works. The old school way still works. That's exactly what my boss said. He's like, listen, these signs are like 50 bucks a pop worth every penny because we got some of our <laughs> good clients. Um, and I'll show you like some one of the houses I did. The guy had seen another house that I designed and he said, hey, you know what? That's a cool house. I want, you know, a very similar thing, just not this style. And the you know sign, I mean? the sign has just the name of the firm and your phone number. Yeah, it's basically our business. Well, it's our business card yeah. just blown up. Yeah. And, you know, the traditional that, way works yeah. sometimes. But Instagram is definitely coming up because I think trends are definitely important and, and all that stuff. So do you guys look at Domino magazine or is that more of an interior design thing? I can't say I've heard of Domino. Oh, magazine. really? What's that? Oh, I don't interior know. design. I think it's more interior design, <laughs> okay. but okay. there's some, some synergy involved. In oh, all okay. of that. Yeah. We're, we're subscribed to like 10 different magazines, but I don't get that one. Yeah. No, it's, it's a cool one to check out. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So you, the client comes to you and they have a vision for their home. I imagine most of your clients are not architects themselves. Correct. Okay. So thank God. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they probably have some understanding of what they want, but they don't have the full understanding of what's possible, what's not possible. And I'm sure when they pitch things to you, that inspires ideas of your own. So can you tell me what happens after the client has shared with you their vision for their home? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, some clients have some idea, you know, if they want to go a more modern route or a more traditional route. I think, well, what we do, I'll be honest, like this is what we do. We tell them to go on house.com. Another shout out to house. Please sponsor. House is just like house.com. But H-A-H-O-U-Z-Z oh, okay. dot com. You haven't okay. heard of it? No. It's basically like Instagram. No, it's like Tumblr, but for homes. Okay. So people can upload projects that they've done, tag keywords, styles. You can you can promote yourself. Yeah. And House basically gets this free library of all this design inspiration. And you wow. can... It's like Pinterest, actually. Yeah, I was going to say Pinterest. It's yeah. Pinterest for homes. So yeah. what we say is go on this website or, you know, wherever. If you're old school, we had, we had somebody who was... Uh, we had a couple that was older and they came in with newspaper clippings. I love they're, that. They're old school. They're, yeah. very, they're an older couple. We just finished their house. Yeah. I, I, I don't have photos of it yet, but... We'll have them soon, but yeah. This so wasn't the one by LAX. This was no, so no, I don't have photos one. of it yet. This one's okay. in Santa Monica, okay, the two hundred and twenty third block. Yeah, that one, <laughs> um, which they had seen our sign. That that's a true story. Wow. They had seen our sign. Um, so, anyways, yeah. So we'll tell you to go online, either to house or you know look around and tell it. Send us some photos of a house that you like, and then what I my job is to synthesize what they like. I have to distill what they like. I've had, I've had a client come in and say, Hey, this is my house profile. And they sent us the photos and I would, you know what? I wish I could log in and show you, but it had every single style of house yeah. in there. And I was just going bananas. We were just like, okay, so you want a modern house with a metal roof, but boxy, but traditional kind of like a Spanish house with brick. I have no idea what you want. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was just funny. Right. Um, so yeah, we'll try to kind of coach you towards a certain style, a style yeah. kind of that you agree with. Obviously, if you're a speculative pers uh, client, speculative meaning you buy the home, remodel it, and sell it for a profit, mm, they're a little different type of animal. They kind of just come in with an expectation of how much remodeling they want to do, and they kind of, if they're a traditional kind of person, guy or girl, they'll say, make me a traditional home. Yeah. We have like one who'll just keep doing Cape Cod homes. That's fine. 
or we have one that'll say go crazy and we'll just do some very modern house like modern with a capital m yeah i call it modern with a capital m because he just wants us to go crazy yeah so yeah i think we'll just kind of coach you towards it um either if you're a developer or a homeowner and you learned about these styles through classes yes or a lot of this was also on your own time i'd say both i think i think i mean we definitely had history of architecture you know architecture history of architecture for like two three semesters in school so definitely that's a start but with the residential vernacular i think more the more you work you kind of get a sense of like what's the style that people are going for these days what's the vernacular in southern california why do we do it you know where is it prevalent where what do we do what materials do we do i think the more you work you kind of get a feel for like what people want yeah so it's both after schematics you said is design drawing right so after you've nailed down like for example this client wants a mid-century modern home or this client wants a spanish style home then you then you have some idea of how, how to many proceed. bedrooms yeah how many bedrooms they'll tell me it's called the program so in architecture school they tell you this is your program make a building so it, when we graduate it's still called the program so your program is you have three bedrooms or four bedrooms you know do you want an open kitchen? Do you not want an open kitchen? Right. Powder room, no pow- office, whatever you want. Big backyard, pool, whatever. And then we'll take notes and then draft a design set of, it's called the DD drawings, the design drawing phase and a 3D model. And yeah, so we'll start with that phase and then have them come in and have a series of meetings, you know, to tweak you know, they'll say, hey, I, I like the, the style of house or, oh, you know what? I don't really like the exterior. Oh, you know what? That room is too small or, oh, can we add a window here? Can we do this? So it's like right. it's a series of notes where we kind of try to get closer to what you want. And then after design drawing, once you and the client have agreed on everything that is out to be in the house, then you go out and get the consultants and the engineers and everybody to sign off on it to make sure it's feasible. Sort of, yeah, exactly, but sort of. They <laughs> they will then, right, so they'll sign contracts with the consultants and they will, right, then once they approve the design, 99% design approved, I'll send it over to the structural engineer, for example, and he will start to design the structures behind it, what you don't see, right, the bones of the house. Sure. And so it'll be, quote unquote, out to engineering. So it'll be off my desk. Well, it'll be off my desk, but then I'll start uh, doing all the boring stuff, the stuff that you don't care as a client. It's just like me doing all the code analysis, making sure all the code is okay. Well, let's back up. I would already know if, hopefully, if it's the code. If not, we have a problem. But completing all the notes, codes, requirement for the city, and and completing, you know, all the details and the and the meat of the drawings, like the things that the engineer doesn't need, right? Like the some, you know aesthetic stuff or interior stuff or detailing so we'll both be completing simultaneously the drawings together got it and then you wait for the city to sign off or if if there's a code issue or you wait for the structural engineer to confirm that everything is good so the structural engineer well we haven't submitted to the city yet in this phase right so we're in the cd phase construction documents and once all the consultants that are needed, typically a structural engineer. Cause and you guys hire the consultants as a firm or the client hires the consultants? Good question. Uh, there's different conventional ways to do it. The conventional ways actually that the 
that we hire, we as in the architecture the firm. firm or yeah. the architect hires the structural engineer, um, but we make the client sign with them. Somebody that we've, a structural engineer that we've used in the past will bring their contract to the client to sign and then we will we will work with them to complete the work. And then the structural engineer will then deliver their work and I will print my set of the plans and his or her set of the plans and any other necessary, like let's say I have um, oh, Title 24 report, like energy report um, for energy analysis, whatever. Any, Anyways, things that are sure. required for city submittals, I'll put them all together with architectural on top and hand it to the city for review. And then it's off everybody's desk until it get ba gets back to me. And how long does it usually take for the city of LA to get back to you? City of LA, uh, two to four weeks, depending on how busy they are, depending on the season. <laughs> and this is for homes or for all structures? Good question. Uh, they have an average day that they say, like 20 to 30 days, I want to say. I don't know, two weeks to four weeks. Uh, but I will say that if your project is smaller, I usually get it back faster. And what way. are what are some of the kinds of notes you've gotten back if the city has had an issue? What are some of their issues potentially? Just clarification. It's not aesthetics. It's all just code issues, obviously. So yeah. it's like, uh, hey, can you please uh, demonstrate that you comply with you need two covered parking spaces for this house. Can you please show me or can you prove to me that you don't? Because I need to see that on the plan somewhere. And then also for the structural engineer, they'll say, hey, I need you to show me the math for this portion. You didn't really prove that. Can you please show me why this works? Yeah. So they, it's mostly just show me or change it. It's one of those. It's one of those. It's like, uh, show me how it complies with this part of the codes. So I deal with zoning, what's called the zoning code and the building code and the structural engineer also works with the building code, but the structural portions of that. And once the city has signed off on it, is your job basically done? Now it's in the hands of the construction team. Uh, the meat of it is done, but I'd say there's still about 15% of the work done. So the next phase after CD phase is the bidding slash negotiation, which can be done while the project is kind of off my desk. If you don't have a, let's say you're a developer, you have your own builder, great. So we just skip this phase because you already know who's building for you. And you're, sorry, you're doing this process while you're waiting to get notes from the city or you have to have gotten... It's flexible. To save yeah. time, I'll do it. I mean, I could wait if you want, yeah. but now is a good time because it's off my desk and I have yeah. nothing else to do for your project. Right. So I'll bid it out, meaning I'll send the plans to bidders if you're a homeowner. Sure. Right. So if you're a developer, you already know who's building it. That's cool. Just pick, you know, so when it's ready... We'll, we'll talk about when it's ready yeah. after. But uh, if you need to bid or negotiate, so we'll find a couple builders that have built my homes uh, for you to kind of meet and talk with and see who you like, see who you don't like and review the plans. And they'll give you like a ballpark of, they'll break it down by material or cost, cost estimate, and then give you a, a holistic number on how much it's going to cost. And you'll kind of pick one based on who you vibe with and what the cost is and, so when it's ready, we'll know that you intend to sign with contractor number one or contractor number two or contractor number three or number six or sure. whatever, however many you want us to bid out to. Sure. And then you collect the bids. We collect the bids. If, make a decision. If, if you want, if we're yeah. going through this bidding process. Sure. Yeah. So I'll break it down, not unbiased. I'll break it down. I'll then, then I'll get biased and tell you who I think you should go with. 
Um, so you present the options to the client. The client decides ultimately. Correct. The, and then obviously, usually they've never gone through this before. So then they'll come back just like in the design phase. Like they'll be like, what do you think? Usually, right. unless they're a very like strong, independent person. That's like, hey, I want this bathroom here. They'll say, what do you think I should do? So same thing for the for the bidding contractors will say, well, you know, I, I've worked with this person. I think this is a very good price or you know what? And this person has a strength in this kind of construction or you know what? Maybe you should bid to another person because these people are way off. Um, anyways, there's a whole discussion you can have on bidding. But uh, yeah, they'll basically ask us for advice and they'll select a contractor to either sign with or negotiate like, hey, I want to go with you. Is there something we could do to fix the price? Is there any design changes you think we could make? Like maybe if I change this, would you bring your price down? So there's some back and forth if that's part of our contract with the client to kind of continue the process. But uh, yeah, we're kind of involved. There's still other stages in the in this process that uh, we're still involved until it's done. Once the client has decided who they'd like to proceed with after you've presented them with the bids, your job is done or no, not yet. Not, not yet. yet, not yet. So I get the, so that happens. We go back to the city with the plans. Once I've made all my corrections, I'll get approvals. Any planning approval, there's 10 different departments maybe that I have to go to max, maybe two, maybe 10, depending on your project. Um, get clearances from all of them, get the final stamp. Quite literally, they stamp the plans and that's when it's ready to issue RTI status. At that point, the contractor will go pull the permit and begin work. And the last phase of construct and the last phase in the design phase is called construction administration, CA. And an architect will generally go out to the site and see that uh, the construction is commencing with the uh, quote unquote, the design intent of the construction drawings to make sure that it's being built with the design intent that was in the drawings, kind of police the work and see that it's sure. going well. And that's and that's basically we're basically in it until the end. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you've now done this process for seven homes, right? I forgot the number, but yeah, it's about seven or eight homes. Yeah. Uh, a couple more in the pipeline. Yeah. And you've been a job, to clarify, you've been a job captain for seven homes, seven or eight homes now. You've worked on more, but not from the A to Z of it. Uh, no, a total, I would say, uh, yeah, you know, eight to 10 homes. Uh I've taken over projects from people who have le either left our firm or got too busy. So I had to take it over from them. Um, but we're all quote unquote job captains at our office because in a traditional firm, if there's, if you're in a bigger firm, there are people that are under you that are, you know, the job captain is kind of the architect that's in, under the principal architect, but overseeing the drafts people, let's say. But I, I embody the draftsperson and job captain role myself. Got it. So each of we're in a small firm. Each of us is a job captain, as if my principal architect, my boss, has a firm with just me or just my coworker. You know what I mean? It's like a one-on-one -on -one yeah. thing. I don't answer to anyone but my boss, and I don't oversee anybody but myself. Right. So, yeah. What is the process when it comes to design? So going back, exploring the design drawing process and a little bit of the schematics, I guess, too. How do you, how do you decide? Okay, this client wants this home, and start drawing from there. I mean, I, you probably have an idea of what a Spanish style home, for example, will look like. But how do you, mm -hmm. like, I write, and I have my process. I have things I do when I write that 
make me feel creative. What do you do to put yourself in a creative state of mind when you're designing a home? Oof, what do I do? Um, I mean, it's you kind of start with like the, the initial phases, like gathering research, right? So I kind of go through their, you know, I stock their profile on house that they send me or I look at photos that they send me or a house that they want to emulate or kind of try to distill, like I said, what the basic concepts are, whether it's like the interior or like the exterior, you know, facade or maybe this material they really like and try to figure that out. And then you kind of start sketching. Literally, we have like trace paper, it's called, which is like, you know, sketch paper. You take out a roll of trace and we start uh, literally sketching. We'll, we'll, we'll have a survey of the property if you know that should i explain what a survey is yeah please survey of a property a topographic survey is when someone comes out and draws out the legal boundaries of your property and any uh landscaping qualities outline of whatever is existing there trees topographic lines if there's a hillside they'll map it out for me and we'll start with the legal boundaries and map out the setbacks this is i guess the beginning of what we do right so we map out what's the maximum square footage allowed because i need to know that right I need to know the code in whatever city I'm doing. I need to know the setbacks, maximum height, maximum area, maximum budget. That's a big one. Uh, every, does every, what I forgot to tell you is every phase you have to update the budget technically. Like traditionally the architect is making sure that you're on budget. Um, very important. Um, and then we kind of start tracing you know, some floor plans based on what we think it's going to, what what we think the client's going to like. And we go through some iterations and in our head, we're kind of thinking about what it's going to look like in 3D, what materials. We go back and forth. We kind of start drawing a rudimentary, like, you know, block, you know, boxy kind of uh, 3D model on the computer. And then we kind of get to a point where we think, you know what, maybe this is uh this is what they might like. Let's, let's give them this. And so we kind of stop to a, you know, we get to a good stopping point. How much time do you usually spend till you get to that stopping point? Before the first design meeting? Sure. Maybe a week. Okay. A week or two, depending on the information that I have. You know, if someone's very clear or a developer and they said, Hey, this is the style of, or, or maybe they're like, go crazy, go creative. And in that case, we already know what we kind of want to do because we have we have some design things that we want to do as an office. Like we have some design principles that we want to push out there. I You'll see, like I have like some design moves that I do. My coworker has one, you know, like my firm has certain ones. So again, so if they know if they know what they want to do or they let us go crazy, uh, maybe a week. If not, if maybe they want us to kind of explore do a little bit more research maybe two weeks i would say i'm interested i'm interested in for these clients who are coming to you and saying go crazy Uh and you're telling me you already have things in mind Uh how do you think you're coming up with these things in mind and i'm not asking you how do you come up with ideas because i know like that just happens but is it a matter of looking at like arc daily and all these things what what gives you the inspiration for these is it going for walks i don't know whatever whatever it might be yeah i mean yeah, I mean, all of the above. So we'll look at Dwell Magazine and we'll look at Instagram or Dwell Magazine and say, hey, this is a pretty cool building. Like this this person cantilevered. Cantilever, if you don't know, is when a building kind of overhangs 
uh, without any columns or structure below kind it. Kind of like the edge of the stall house, no? Yeah, exactly. That's a cantilever. Okay. That's that's a cantilever. A balcony without sure. a column under it, that's, yeah. a, that's a cantilever. When it appears to be term. like floating in air without support. Exactly, something that floats. Of course it's supported, but... Of course it's supported, yeah. but but it's... Uh, but I'm talking like... Yeah. I'm talking something that looks extremely like unsafe. My yeah. boss looked at something like that recently and he was like, we got to do that. Like, you know, that's cool. <laughs> And I'm like, and All you right. find a way to make it safe. Yeah, the engineer, I mean, yeah. Or he'll go to San Francisco and he'll see uh, the Apple store there in San Francisco. Apparently, it has these huge. I wish I could show you a pull up a photo. It's these huge, like glass sliding glass doors. Like I'm talking massive that just like yeah. go back and forth. And he's like, "That's pretty rad." And that's you know what I mean. Like that's pretty cool. So I think pushing the envelope as an architect, not to toot my own horn and be like, "Hey, I'm such a cool and suave person," but you really have to be like a social person. Like you have to yeah. really be, yeah. I mean, you do get inspiration from everything. Like you do have to go to, you know, you have to be interested in something, being social, going to, you know, concerts, music, art. You get inspiration from everything. I I look at Instagram all the time and save photos or get ideas from something. And, you know, architects do borrow from each other. I will, you know, uh, so we definitely do look at other designers and say oh, okay you know I, I like what they did there you know take that moment we call that a moment i like uh i like that the way they did that corner there i'm gonna maybe borrow that for like a house i did i'm gonna do soon or uh, a certain style of house like um we're looking in the portfolio and now. we're looking at a portfolio let's see what i have this is uh sneak peek i'm showing ben a house that we want it we want to uh want to do now this is, is this the one on your facebook this is not on my Facebook. Uh, this is a concept. It's a 3D model of a very modern home. And this is kind of the direction my boss and I wanted to take together. It's this like super modern house. We, can you <laughs> describe it to, to listeners as best you can? Do you do you know what the Monopoly houses look like? Yeah. <laughs> the very simple like gabled roof it's called. Sure. With a, very simple. These yeah. are like you took two mo Monopoly houses and put them next to each other. Yeah, you're, you're right. That's a really good. Okay, so... <laughs> Finnish modern, like Scandinavian modern. Finnish is in like Finla cool. Finlandish modern. Sure. It's kind of the direction we want to go for. And I like how you guys put a Porsche in the driveway. I always do that. That's always, so great. You so know what? subtle and great. It's a well, it's a really fun well the client here had a Porsche, so I, I upgraded him to a nicer one. <laughs> he had like a twenty fifteen. I'm like, listen, if you're gonna go for this house, we gotta upgrade your Porsche to yeah. like a, a white uh Porsche Carrera S, yeah. you know, nine eleven. Uh, I wish you could see the license plate. I always my my gag is I change the license plate to something regarding the project. That's so cool. It's really funny. So for this one, side side unrelated note, I have to tell you. Yeah. He lives in this tiny house in Westchester. Okay. Shout out to Westchester. I really like that area. It's a very quiet neighborhood. Anyways, long story short, uh, this person lives in a very small one of those like post World War II homes that they designed over and over in this area. Um, after World War II, we had a boom of, obviously, as you know, people returning home and L.A. grew in homes, uh, in the number of homes. And so he lives in one of these tiny homes with one bathroom and he has uh, two daughters and a wife, obviously. So three women in his house and one, one bathroom, man, one bathroom. Wow. So he tells me, you see my car? You see my car? He has a Porsche. He's like, you see that? I still have to go pee on the tree outside my house sometimes. And I'm like, dude, you need a new house. Get out of here. You need you need a new house. So anyways, the license plate on this car says five baths. <laughs> I love that. Because I gave him five baths. 
we didn't get to build this house, unfortunately. It did inspire a couple homes that are currently under city review. Uh, so stay tuned. You'll see them very That's soon. That's awesome. Anyways. I want to talk about, you designed one, the modern farmhouse. Do you have that one here? I do. So tell me about, because this, this kind of looks, t- tell uh, tell people how you would describe this actually, and then I'll, I'll share my thoughts. Uh, sure. So it is a spinoff of a farmhouse typology. It's a, uh, it's modern farmhouse, what we call it. Uh, it's a series of two, two volumes that intersect each other. This piece goes back and this piece intersects it. And this is the entry volume here. So that's three. And, um, it's, uh, clad in white. This, we call this board and batten. I hope the people who are listening to this will be Googling a bunch of images. Yeah, we'll post what... it. We'll post it on the show notes. Okay, actually, I'll, I, this is what we'll do. We'll we'll post photos, and I'll I'll uh, yeah we'll have a tag link to it. One, we'll yeah. tag this so people can follow along. Yeah, so it's a modern farmhouse. It's it has white board and batten. It means it's striped with thin you know one inch vertical members of wood. And what uh, makes it a modern farmhouse as opposed to just farmhouse? Is it just the fact that it's built in 2019? Or <laughs> good question. That's actually a really good question. Um, that is a modern farmhouse. It, it uses um, kind of the, it echoes the language of of, uh, of a farmhouse, right? It has the gabled roof. Gabled means it's pitched. It has a steep Like pitch. a V. Like a, a, a upside down V. Upside down V. Typical roof, but pitched. It has uh, uh, the divided lights, meaning you see the crisscross and the windows, divided panes. So uh, four quadrant windows, basically. Four quadrant windows, right? Uh, framed with outlined in white trim. It has a brick base so it echoes like this feeling you know with the lighting and what we, what we did on the inside a little bit but it's modern because there's no way you went to a modern you know there's no way you went to a farmhouse in the 18 or 1900s and you immediately saw a marble top counter yeah you know what i mean with a with a with a gas lit fireplace and three vertical windows here like you know so it's it's my spin on what a farmhouse would look like yeah and you mentioned it's you said finish or is that the that was the was that the first house or is that this one has Finnish influences? Oh oh no, Finnish as in Finlandish model. Right, right, right. That was the first the one. First one. Okay. About. But this one does look a little Scandinavian to me too. It's funny you no? say that. That is funny you say that. So this one skirts more in the traditional side. So it's more farmhouse than modern on the Oh, outside. interesting. Okay. Um we're wrapping up another house um that is more I would say on the modern end of the spectrum. Right. It's funny you, you talk about this one because this is a very perfect example of a um, of how typologies can like blend. We're finishing this other house that's that's a modern farmhouse, I would say, but it's capital. It's a modern farmhouse with a capital M. Um, let's see if I have photos of it here. So that is more modern for sure. Right. This one with a huge window in the staircase. So the third floor, it's in Venice. We're wrapping this up. It has no overhangs. It has no overhangs on the eaves, meaning the edges. The gutters are concealed. You know, it has very modern windows. It's not divided. The material, it's uh, the Google Maps doesn't show it, but it's very modern plank um, horizontal wood siding, shiplap siding, which is a modern take on it, right? Normally they would do kind of overlapping siding, I would say. So... In that house, it's more modern versus farmhouse. And definitely when you step in, that's a modern house. Yeah. This one is more traditional, conservative approach, especially on the outside. On the inside, it's pretty modern, though. But Yeah. 
So what was the process like yeah. to build, just so we can hone in on one of your pieces of work, this modern sure. farmhouse piece? What what did the client come in asking for? Right. And take walk me through the steps. So this house was the one actually that I mentioned where the client had driven by a previous house. He had driven past this one. And the, what is the, what is this one? Uh, this is another one-story home, uh, single-family uh, extension, remodel and extension to... Same same thing. So this is in the Marina del Rey area, typical like 900 square foot post-World War II box yeah. that we revamped and built up. And he saw this house and long story short, it was in a modern style. And he said, hey, I really like that house. So the client uh, passed by the, we'll call it the box home. So I'm going to reference this. The box home. The yes. box home. Client passed by box home, really liked the box home and came to your firm. The, it was a more mid-century modern house, yeah. if you want to call it mid-century Mid-century modern. modern. Yes, he saw the mid-century modern home, and it's not that he didn't like it. He just said, hey, uh, can we build another house? Uh, I like the idea of this house. Let's do a similar house. Obviously, it's not the same house. It's The floor plan is different, but yeah. do one for me like this, but I'm thinking in the Westchester area. I just bought a home there. Can you do one yeah. for me? And um, I, I noticed that both of them have, I don't know what you call this, but what would you call this? The grass between permeable paving. Permeable paving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Google that. If you <laughs> permeable paving. Basically, like a stone. What is it? Cement yes. tiles with grass between. They're large pads of concrete. Large pads of concrete with with either rocks or gravel some grass, or gravel, or grass, something between. Mm-hmm. So I noticed that's that's consistent between both of them. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I'm respectful of your time and get you out of here. I want to transition to uh, fun questions. Just a few fun questions for you. All right. Let's hear it. So, um, what is your favorite food? Ooh, favorite food. Any favorite food? Any favorite food, Joko. No categories? No categories. All right, you're going to think I'm totally a basic person. Okay. But a food that I really appreciate? Yeah. A good mac and cheese. Okay. I know that's super random. Do you have a specific place you like? specific mac, mac and, and cheese. cheese from i don't i'm more of like a connoisseur where i just go around and i if i see mac and cheese on a menu yeah at a sit-down restaurant i will order the mac and cheese okay. like i have to actually my favorite mac and cheese is probably at this place maybe i shouldn't shout it out because it'll get too popular okay yeah. it's really <laughs> good it has, that much I think it, has, <laughs> it has like breadcrumbs and jalapeno in it it's uh it's at the hudson Okay. In West Hollywood. Really? That's not really where I would have cheese. expected. That's a really good one. Okay. The Hudson. When, right. we, when we went to USC, Ben and I went to USC together, there was like three or four restaurants that had a solid rotation of mac and cheese. And I've tried like all the mac and cheese in the area. The Lab. CBK. Yeah. Okay. I, I just went around like trying every single mac and cheese in the vicinity. And I think that's where it started. I kind of... Bacaro had like really good mac and cheese. Whoa. Okay. Bacaro, Bacaro was a wine bar yeah. at USC. This is so interesting. So I've anyways, known you for so many years, but did not know you're a mac and cheese no? connoisseur. No. It's low great. key. It's very low key. It's in my DNA, I feel like. But I yeah. dig it. What would be the title of your autobiography? Okay. That's really funny you say that because, hmm, the title of my autobiography. I thought of like different images that would be the like image. Of course, I'm a visual person. Um, title. Hmm. Maybe something like, something like tongue in cheek, like architectural. I feel like because I, I, basically, let me give you a background before I give you the title. Yeah. I drive around and I see bad pieces of architecture. I'm, I'm a critic. Okay, let's put it out there. I'm, okay. I'm a critic. 
So I, <laughs> oh, I've taken you some photos. Me. I, okay, we have to, I have to ask you one more legit question oh, no. before I send you with two more fun ones and we end. Okay, but you okay. reminded me of one question where like, it's so you and I need to ask. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, let's so see. you drive around seeing bad pieces of architecture. Go ahead. Yes. And Ben, see, ben probably sees my posts. I used to post some very mean photos of architecture where i'm just like why why would you do this and there are new buildings some of them yeah some of them not but i'm like why would you do that so anyways i'm, I'm always thinking like one of these pictures would be like the you know th this bad piece of architecture would be like the image of my uh of my book and i just thought now that the title would be it's not a mistake yeah i like to that you know it's we're totally pur purposeful i like that yeah so my question for you is what are some dead giveaways <laughs> of, of somebody who was taking a shortcut in the architecture oh, somebody yes. who was being cheap oh, yes. what are some dead giveaways for you when you're driving around and you see them because you used to post these all the time i know I, I i went through a phase when i when i came out of architecture school that I was kind of really snobby they kind of they kind of i was kind of a bully i feel like when i was posting on the internet i kind of it was a resolution for me to be a good person and be a good-minded person no yeah. joke i told myself to stop posting negative posts uh, ben has probably seen all my posts where <laughs> I post these things. One of the things I think is like where they have the material just stop. If you're in LA, you know what I'm talking about. They stop the material halfway through a facade of a building and they change materials or around the corner. They won't continue it. And it's obvious because they ran out of money or they're too cheap to continue the wood siding for another $4,000. I don't know, $3,000. Like, yeah. come on, bro. Like, and Ben has seen these posts. Yeah. But um, maybe I'll resend them to you if I find them on my but archive. Yeah, or yeah. Put them on highlights. <laughs> yeah. Blast, blast them. Uh, yeah. I mean, when they run out of money to do that stuff, it really bothers me and my company, I feel like. We just look at those architects and be like, I would never put my name on that. Another one more thing. Yeah. It's just thoughtfulness. I mean, if you if you have your fireplace vent, like it's a, it's a pipe that just like sticks out the side of your building. I mean, you could have made them put it somewhere else like you could have come up with a different way to hide it or i don't know put a tree in front of it or yeah if i can see something that's part of the process that you could have fixed i feel like it just shows neglect yeah. as an architect and i really think that being a designer is all about like being intentful and and really like not making a mistake like being intentful like if if i look at something and think oh that's a mistake yeah not intent intentional that's a problem like i really yeah. think that um you have a lot of responsibility as a designer so um yeah good design is very important what was the last gift you gave someone the last gift i gave someone well that's a good question we does secret santa count yeah sure secret santa so we had a secret santa uh party recently and uh what did i give what did I give? Oh, it was a it was a tequila set. It was a gift set of a very nice brand of tequila with uh, shot glasses. In oh, it. nice! And uh, somebody grabbed it immediately. It was a very hot uh, commodity. Like was people, it a white elephant situation? Or oh yeah, not yeah, Secret white, Santa. White, sorry, white elephant. Sorry, say, yeah, I confused okay. that because uh, because I'm going to a separate Secret Santa this week. White elephant was the situation. Got it. And uh, yeah, like it, people fought over it, like legit. And then it was pretty funny. It was pretty fun. Nice. And the last question that we ask all our guests is, what's your jam? And we're going to add this. We're going to have a Spotify playlist that we add your jam to. And we're oh, going to no. accumulate all these recommendations from our guests. What's my jam? What's your jam? One song. Could One be anything. Song? Yeah. Hotel California. 
That's that is my what, favorite song. Are you serious? That's my favorite song. Wow. Okay. All right. Hotel that California. I mean, that's a pretty timeless song if you think about it. It's yeah. really deep if you think about it. It's really deep. It's very but deep. But it's very pleasant to listen to as well. Right? Yeah. You could listen to it like now. You could listen, you listen to, to it at it. night. Yeah. Morning. There was a phase where I just, I mean, I go through phases. Oh man, I love that song. That's great. That's a pretty good this song. This is why we're friends, Joko. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely we're going to do that at karaoke very soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so for those that want to follow you on social media, where can they find you? Sure. Uh, my name is Joseph Cohan, C-O-H-A-N. You can uh, add me on Instagram. A-O, it's Joko. That's spelled A-Y-O. I-T-S-J-O-C-O. It comes from a nickname, so. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, you can find the podcast at H-D-Y-D pod. Thank you so much, Joko. It's a real pleasure, man. It's a pleasure to see see you. you. Thank you so much. Yep.